we better figure out an intro soon because we're we're going. We're going. We're going with this. We're going with here. Those developers really got around. And then she got an angel involved, and there's a three-way. Can I see in dark? Well, it's a beautiful day here in Cleveland. Yeah, you know, uh, global warming isn't a thing at all. No, not at all. What is it, like 69 today? Something like that. No Shit, why wasn't 69 on episode 69? <laughs> or issue 69? I can't even get this shit right still. Because <laughs> uh, it can't be that simple. Of course not. Mother Nature never likes to be simple. New. So how have you been doing over the last week? I've been all right. I, I started, I figured out what game I was going to play and it turned into games. Oh, multiple. <laughs> yeah, multiple. All at the same time, like switch Xbox with your foot and like PlayStation uh, I mean, not, with your left foot. Not, not really. It's it's like I'm going to go poop. I'm going to start playing on the switch and then I'll come back. And I'll keep playing on the switch. and I'm like, all right, I'm going to stop because the battery's dying. So I'll put that on a charge and I'll start playing on my Xbox. That is usually the issue I have. I've, <laughs> I've been considering getting a long switch charging cord so I can Ow. still watch things and play my switch because I hardly <laughs> ever play it fucking docked. Yeah. Like, honestly, it, if I hadn't bought a switch. Well, I guess I wouldn't have known until I bought a Switch. I would have just ended up getting the new handheld version. Because yeah. it, it's even longer battery life than the original, original, and that's how I play most of the time. Yeah. I, but then I, I'd get pissed anytime I wanted to play multiplayer. Right, so that's the mind. thing. That's that's where I, where I stand. I, I agree with you up until the point where it's like, even though I, I don't play it multiplayer as often as I would like, I do it on occasion, and I would enjoy it continue doing that plus it's nice to be able to uh, even even do ta- tabletop mode so like if yeah. uh if like, you want to just disconnect the joy cons you can do that on the ones like we have whereas the only handheld mode one doesn't do that oh true. and then you can't connect joy cons to it so you can't do a tabletop mode at all oh that is weird yeah never mind so Maybe i don't i retract I, my entire yeah so, so there's just pieces and parts to it that i don't like uh which make me not want to get that one but that doesn't mean I would be against getting the new and new and quote improved uh, switch with the longer battery life. The switch plus. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the the one that's still a switch, but in a different colored box so you can get a longer battery life. Like part of me has thought about doing that. But even then, it, it hasn't really been worth it to me. If they if they made better improvements, I probably would have jumped on that. Yeah. It, the battery life isn't enough just to sell me right there. Right. I agree. Um. But yes, yeah, so, uh, on on the Switch, I picked up Digimon Story Cyber Sleuth uh, Complete Edition on the Switch, which comes with Cyber Sleuth and Hacker's Memory. Which, from my remem- from my recollection, the Cyber Sleuth game got really good reviews, and Hacker's Memory was supposed to be a DLC. That then they were like, "Hey, let's just make this a full fledged game," and it got like okay reviews, at which, judging on that development process, kind of makes sense to me because then it's just like here we're gonna rehash stuff from that first game because it would have been dlc so they would have reused a lot of the same stuff from my understanding i mean i haven't gotten to playing it so i could be wrong but it's one of those things like it it was probably half-baked and they were like ah this is big enough to make a full game out of so let's do that let's just send it out there into the world yeah let it get torn apart (laughs) right but i I started playing cyber sleuth the digimon game this one in particular it's like how I put it. it's it's like two parts Pokemon, one part um, Ace Attorney, one part generic JRPG, and uh, one part like anime RPG. Those developers really got around. <laughs> so so like it had it, it has like those anime quirks and stuff to it, which is why I, I, I mentioned the anime games. It's built. I mean, you have the Digimon anime, so it kind of makes sense in that regard. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, the Ace Attorney thing is because it's cyber sleuth. So like you, you go and pick a case and then you go and be, be a little detective and you find the, the I mean, it's not quite to the same degree as, as Ace Attorney. You're like, you're not going to find the wrong clues yeah. and, and incriminate the wrong person. You don't have to worry about that. But the idea of like, you're going to go be a detective and then find out all what's going on and, and whatnot. And then, uh, you know, kind of generic JRPG style playing of a game. And, and then you have the Pokemon stuff where you, you, collect monsters and you fight other monsters with your monsters and except in this case they're digital monsters not pocket monsters yeah it's not pokemon <laughs> tom it's digimon come on right even though digimon came out first it was there first <laughs> it was there first just wasn't it established <laughs> and then the flag got taken away yeah yeah very quickly uh but so i so i haven't made it far into the game but i've it's crazy how it works so in pokemon you grind up your pokemon they or you don't grind them well Depending on which game you're playing, you might be grinding up Pokemon, put turning up the candies. And pestle, and then, yeah. I, mean, I, I always assume that's how they got the Pokemon candies. I would assume so. <laughs> I mean, you just got to crush up all the bones and then right. fire heat them. And exactly. All of a sudden, they crystallize in these sweet, sweet candies. Yeah. Especially with the Unicorn Ponita. Exactly. See, you're, you're catching on. But uh, you, in those games, in the Pokemon games, you grind and you level up your Pokemon and then they evolve. And then you level up those Pokemon, they sometimes evolve again. And then sometimes there's stones and whatnot involved. In Digimon, you can digivolve your Pokemon, your, your Digimon. God damn it. Pokemon don't digivolve. Digimon digivolve. <laughs> Get it right. <laughs> uh, you, can digi, you can digivolve your Digimon or you can de-digivolve your Digimon. So you can take it to the next state or you can move it back to the previous state. And you might be thinking to yourself, why the fuck would I move it back to the previous state? Because that just doesn't make sense. You're making a stronger Digimon into a weaker Digimon. Why, why would I ever do that? And that's because if you move it backwards, like when you move backwards and forwards, you increase the max level that the Pokemon, that the God damn it, that the Digimon can go to. You got Tourette's over there? <laughs> I do. Uh, so the, uh, if your Digimon can only go to like, let's say level 17 and then you de-digivolve it and then, and, and redid and if you de-digivolve it, it'll have a higher max level from that previous one. And the base levels will also or the base stats will also be at a higher point. So you can, in in theory, you don't have to go and find a perfect IV Digimon. You just keep digi, de-digivolving and digivolving your Digimon until you get to those perfect stats. Mm-hmm. And that's also how you'll be able to get up to level 90 or create the max level of 99. And then you have to, obviously, you have to do the grind to, to, to level them up. But as I've recently found out, if you put the Digimon into the Digifarm, they level up real fucking fast. <laughs> better than that goddamn daycare. Yeah, way better than the, than the daycare. The, the only downside to putting things into the Digi Farm is there's a stat called CAM, which is your camaraderie stat, mm-hmm. which is a percentile from zero to 100%. And that, depending on what Digivolution you want to aim for, that stat has to be high enough for that. So. Not only can you de-digivolve and digivolve your Digimon, you can also change what it digivolves into. You can only de-digivolve into things you know about, mm-hmm. so you can't make something you don't know. But when you go to digivolve it, you can pick a different Digimon. So you have like this list of, let's say, four to six po- God damn it! Four to six Digimon. <laughs> and uh, and you can pick, and like they'll all be blacked out silhouettes unless you found them mm-hmm. and have them registered so uh you can pick just whatever one you want or if you know which one you want you can kind of figure out the silhouette and pick that one but when you when you jump back and jump forward again you can go to a different one 
So you can kind of like, oh, I didn't like that one. Let me try this one. Okay. And kind of go go about. And again, choose. Yeah. And again, your your stats and stuff are changing while you're doing that, anyways. So it helps you out. But if you put the the Digimon into the farm, and in, in order to get those different those different uh, Digivolutions, it all depends on what stats you have. So you have to have like you have to be let's say a level 15 or higher and you have to have attack of like 30 or higher and, and all that kind of stuff. Like I'll have whatever stats and some of them might have cam at a certain percentage or higher. And so the way that it, um, the, the way that you've got to do that is you can jump back and forth. And then in order to, to increase the, the cam stat, you either feed the Digimon in the Digi farm, which is kind of a, it, depending on what you're feeding them, it can be a real slow grind to get, get it up there. Or it can cost you a lot of money, depending okay. on what you're doing. Or you put them in, into your team, and if you're battling with them, for each battle, they go up like a, a, a percentile. Okay. They'll like you more because yeah, you're using them. exactly. But they have to be in the battle. So you can have, you have three Digimon you fight with, and then like another nine or something in your reserve. And then you have whatever's in your in, your, in the Digibank or the Digi, Digi Farm as well, or farms. As I get further into the game, I'll... I'll be able to create additional farms. Each farm holds 10 Digimon. And so you can create extra farms and whatnot. The other interesting thing about the game is the way that the party works is, as you said, there's all these slots, right? But you have a memory uh, stat as well. Each Mm -hmm. Digimon takes up so many blocks of memory and you start off with 20 memory. And so if you continue to Digivolve your Digimon, up to higher states they take they, up more memory. they take up more memory so then you end up with like one digimon if you sat there and grind all the way through the like the first section <laughs> damn so there's they, they it's cool to see that they kind of mitigate certain things and make you pick and choose um and again you can you can increase your stat as you continue through the, the game but early on you're i'm stuck at 20 yeah i like the free forum evolution though i mean Kind of wish Pokemon had that for all those people who cried once they evolved their Toracat and saw the monstrosity that <laughs> came out of it. Or, or uh, Eevees. Eevees would be a fantastic Oh, yeah, Eevees would be a great one. Like, uh, yeah, I'm going to change my Eevee real quick. Yeah, this, I don't... This next boss battle. Oh, that'd be, that'd be awesome. Fight. That'd be awesome. That'd be a great, great mechanic. Because then you'd be like, oh, shit, I have a Flareon and I need a Leafeon. Yeah, <laughs> let me change. That'd be kind of cool. I didn't even think about it in that regard, but yeah. It would just suck to have to give all the TMs to make them learn new moves. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> a Leafeon but... with flamethrower. <laughs> uh, that actually would be real interesting. Uh, that I mean, on the bright side with TMs, not anymore. They're just like they're not a one-use thing. They're uh, an item that sticks around. You can use it as many times as you want. This is it's true. just the cost of them is kind of obnoxious. Yeah, the price you pay for permanency. Right. Right. But yeah, I mean that's been that's been Digimon. I've, I'm enjoying it, uh, although I'm not very far into it. But it 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 definitely it's definitely hitting that itch that I have for uh, a Pokemon style game. It, this just makes me want to watch Digimon again, and I have tried it, and it doesn't always seem to stand up. <laughs> but I it want my Angelamon. <laughs> yes, I yes. Love, Patamon was my dude. Yeah, yeah. He's such a bitch, though. Digivolve and then fucking doesn't show up again for like three seasons. That bitch saved everybody though, motherfucker. He saved everybody multiple times, but he was always last minute. Motherfucker could have showed up early on. He he just has a little bit of stage fright. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He does nervous in front of crowds. Um, yeah, because he he uh you get you get Angemon and then 
at the very end of oh, I think it was like the very end of the third season is when he finally goes to Magna Angemon. I'm pretty sure he's a late bloomer. It's okay. Yeah, yeah, every single time. But yeah, it's it's cool to see some of those. It's really cool to to, to be able to like pull up those Digimon that you remember from the show. If you're looking for something to Digimon related to watch, the Digimon Try, I hesitate to call it series. They're, they're a series of movies. It's like six individual movies that that Digimon Try adventure thing that they did. Digimon was, Try adventure in six parts. Yeah, it really it is. Um, but it's really good. It 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 brings back the original characters. Crew. Yeah, and and, and it introduced a couple of other characters that are from later in the series and like one new character, one or two new characters, but they did a really good job with that. It, it felt like an extension of that original mm-hmm. series and, and far more grown up because all the characters are grown up at that point. Yeah. If you're looking for something Digimon related and, and not really feeling the uh, OG Digimon, Digimon, uh, Digimon adventure try or something like that. That's, it was really good. It, like I said, it's like a six part, Six different movies. I'll have to look it up. I've been watching a lot of battle reports lately. <laughs> I'd offer it to you, but uh, my brother currently just borrowed all of them uh, this past he weekend. Stole it. So he was he was asking me about it. I was like, oh yeah, I have all of them. They're over there. And he took all six of them. So oh. I have nothing to offer you, but I can it's offer you the good. suggestion. But yeah, so that's what I've been playing on the Switch. Then I've been playing Darksiders 3 on the Xbox One. Kicking um, some butt. Yeah, uh, fighting the, the Seven Deadly Sins. So you, I, I, the first game you play is war. Second game you play is death. Now we're playing as Fury. You know, she starts off as the angry, furious horseman. And she's starting to, to realize that uh, nothing is quite as she thought it was. That balance doesn't necessarily mean killing everything. <laughs> I mean, I guess technically if you killed everything, <laughs> there's a balance. She's just going through puberty. <laughs> uh-huh so uh but she's kind of figuring that out uh and you're chasing down the, the seven deadly sins is, is the mission that she was set on but she's realizing through her mission that she's that just like all the other horsemen have fi- or the other two horsemen have figured out and maybe strife i don't know we don't really see much of him but the other horsemen have figured out that they're being set up in some way <laughs> by somebody of course in the first game uh war was accused of starting the apocalypse and he's like, I didn't break the seventh, the seventh um, circle or the seventh um, seal. I didn't break the seventh seal. So I don't know what you guys are talking about. I don't know why the apocalypse is going. I don't know why everyone's blaming me. I'm going to go try and clear my name. Come um, and fix this. Yeah. He, he did, don't worry. It doesn't really work so well for him. Death comes by and he's like, dude, my brother didn't do this shit. I'll prove it to you. And then I'm going to uh, restart the, the they're going to save all the humans by sacrificing a bunch of nephilim souls and now fury is hunting down the 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 seven deadly sins and i've been i've just been kind of playing through the game and they're all very like kind of got that like classic legend of zelda or like metroidvania style Mm -hmm. to it and um so i've been playing through it you 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 kind of you kind of got that streamlined feel but like it, at the same time, it feels nonlinear because you have all these different paths you can take. Like, like the first boss you fight is Envy and then you fight Wrath and then Wrath kind of kills you. And then you go to see the hollow king or something like that. King of the hollows. And he offers you the, the powers from the hollows and he sends you back to the to the world. And uh, he each time you kill a sin, he gives you another hollow. So, so by now you should be invisible. You can bring people back to life. And now you just need to get the elder wand um i have fire powers i have uh 
I have electric powers, and I have um, force powers. Harry Potter didn't have any of that and, shit. And I have stasis powers. Well, I guess he had a wand, so he had uh, most of it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so as, as you're beating, so like I said, I beat Envy, beat Wrath. Uh, Wrath kills you. You get the stuff. And so, assume uh, because you didn't capture Wrath, he I guess escapes. And then I also know that Envy is my final boss, so I know that somehow Envy escaped. But so then I, I went out and I uh, I beat up Greed or Adverse, if you will. And then Lust was the next one I beat up, and then Gluttony was the last one that I've recently beaten up. Are you I, sure you beat up Lust? I'm pretty sure I did. Or was she beating you up? Nah, I mean she. Well, there was a little bit of both. You know, yeah, a bit bit of a quid pro quo, if you will. After beating you off. Yeah. And then she got an angel involved, and there was a three-way. Oh, that's It was awkward. like two of them on me, and I was just I was just in the middle of it all. Oh, maybe that's not so awkward then. Yeah, you never know. Uh, <laughs> but I, I, I was doing all that stuff, and I've, and after each one, I've gotten a different uh, hollow power. I have all four of them now. And, and I was having a fucking terrible time. I had gluttony, so I was like, well, maybe I'm missing something. I was looking up a, a strat. I, I found a, like an online guide. I was kind of reading for how to beat up how to beat gluttony. Really didn't offer me much in the way of help. So I tried closed it, and I went back to it later to realize, according to that guide, after Wrath, when I got my first power, I should have gone and beat up Sloth, which I saw Sloth. You could see that like, you come to this one little area, and there's a big chasm, and you can see Sloth on the other side with no way to get to it. So I was like, eh, whatever. And I continued on. Apparently, after Wrath, I was supposed to beat up Sloth. Somehow, I completely passed that <laughs> and found my way to these other bosses. So it is a little less like. <laughs> A little less linear. Yeah, which is nice. I'm, I'm curious how I managed to get around that because I would have assumed the, the way a lot of these work is you get the you get like whatever hollow, like the fire hollow, and then you have to use the fire hollow to burn all these webs to get to certain areas. So I'm kind of curious how I manage to get around all these other ones. How, how I managed to get around Sloth and end up at, at Avarice without beating that one i'm kind of curious but at the same time it's cool it's nice to, to to realize that i can make my own path in that game and not feel like if every time i play it it's got to be the same it's going to be the same you've got to go through the same way of doing things yeah i mean I, i've seen pride I, I ran across pride and then pride disappeared and was like ha you're not worth my time unless you can beat the other other seven deadly sins i'm not gonna bother with you and just goes into like her own own little realm it's kind of pretty cool. prideful right fitting so i I mean i've seen all of the the seven deadly i believe at that point but uh managed to skip one of them just run right past him he's slow enough yeah exactly he he didn't care he didn't bother to fight me he wasn't worried he wasn't coming after you but uh, it's been a been a fun game some of the the dlc stuff that unlocked as i was playing it because i have i have the dlc but because i'm playing it like a year later all of it's been in the game so it starts unlocking as you're playing it and so I go and do some of those and man, is it, it's a definite challenge. Even like I'm playing on balanced mode, which is like normal. Yeah. We'll call it normal because it's a step above just story. Cause there's a story mode where that's makes it a lot easier and you're just going through to play the story. So I play it pick balanced and holy hell are some of those fights just ridiculous in the, and the DLC stuff. They always like to ramp things up. They do, which I guess keeps the game interesting. Uh, otherwise, it would just be boring, right? This is true. But yeah, it's uh, been doing that. And then uh, we also played a game of 40K. That we did. That was a good game. It was. It was. Yes, good, it was. Good little match. Um, threw together a 2,000, well, 
We threw together each a thousand point list. Yeah. And went at it. Kind of like Bale's going at this stand like, here. <laughs> You're like, it's a pole. It's like, I can I scratch myself. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we, we put that together. We, what are those cards? The open war cards? Yes, open war cards. Yeah, so we had a four by four table we played on for a thousand point match. And we had an interesting deployment, which <laughs> it's originally said 24 uh, inch diameter circle in the middle because it was a four by four. I decreased it by a third or whatever I did, nor a quarter. So I decreased that to 18 inches. And then the other person's deployment was each of the corners of the square. Yeah. So we, we uh, rolled off. You managed to pick the deploy- pick which deployment you wanted. Yep. So you took the corners. Yeah. And key is it was an objective-based mission. There were four objectives on the table. We each placed two of them. Mm-hmm. And whoever held... An objective at the end of their turn got a point for it. So yeah. it was each of us going back and forth trying to grab objectives and seeing who got as many points as they could at the end of turn five. Yeah, and, and so I would say you didn't have to wait till the end of the round to get your points. It was just at the end of your turn. So you could, as long as you run in and rush like I did a few times, run in and rush and collect the point uh, for a turn. You got it. As long as you had it at the end of your turn, you were good. Yeah. But if uh, if you couldn't manage it, then. You don't get that point. You wasted a bunch of units. Exactly. There, there's a, a round where I owned a point at the beginning, and then you owned it, and then at the end of the next round, I owned it. Yeah. Yes, exactly. I'd... So there, there are three points spread out to different people for the same spot within two turns or yeah. two rounds. Yep. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you uh, you took the corners. I took I, – I, I got the center, which – had I gotten the choice, I think I was I was going to pick the center anyways. And I feel like I probably still would have picked the center. It was just entertaining. Yeah, I had a very turtly army. <laughs> and it it required them to be within six inches of my warlord, Marnius Calgar, to let them re-roll things. So yeah. I was like, yeah, I'm going to hurdle up in a corner. Yeah, corner. Yeah. I, uh, I, I built a very fighty army. Um, a little, it had some shooting, not a whole lot, but yeah. it had some. It had some. I, I killed it right away. <laughs> For the most part, until until the uh, the the Trigon Prime came up, and then he was able to shoot a little bit. <laughs> a little. Tiny little bit. Almost got almost got your plane. Oh. Or a helicopter, whatever the fuck that thing was. It's a plane. It can hover, though. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that was a good match. I, I rushed up, got two points right away, and just kind of sat on them. Then you came out, and you, you jumped on three points. Yeah, I, it's because I... Let's see. When I started, I took two spots mm-hmm. um, for round one. For round one, and then you killed the one set. Uh, and yeah, I just completely shot your warriors off the field. Yeah, round one. yeah. Which I mean, I, I when I put them up there, I knew that it was going to happen, but I was like, I just need the point, so I guess, oh well. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, and then I I spread out on the bottom, and I had the bottom two points. And uh, and then it was we were going back and forth. I was like, well, I got to get up top to get a point. Otherwise, I don't know that this is going to end well. <laughs> and uh, I've I jumped in with my uh, my Trigon Prime and all of my Gene Steelers and did my had my Swarm Lord there to, to double move some stuff and finagled between them and a uh, and my Brood Lord. I finagled a lot of attacks that did a whole lot of nothing. Yeah, <laughs> but. You- but you I managed to get in charge. <laughs> yeah, I got a good charge. When I got... charged around my dreadnoughts into my infantry <laughs> without touching the dreadnoughts, which was definitely a lifesaver for you, but hindered you with the amount of attacks you could actually get on my infantry. Yeah, like not even half your guys were able to. Attack, yeah, not even close. Or maybe just about half of the 15 or something. like I that. I don't even think it was half. 
It was there was a lot that didn't get to do anything. Yeah, but they got the point. They got they got the point for that turn. <laughs> and then the next turn, or then on your turn, you murdered them. Yeah, because you uh you had some troops, and you my troops were no longer on that point. So as soon as enemy troops stand on a point, if you don't have any troops on it, they lose because troops have objective secured. So you're able to charge in there, get in between my leaders, so that they were no longer on the point. Steal the point from me. Throw some attacks at my people. <laughs> did one damage. I did one damage to to Marnius, and yeah. then I we, I got what two or three Marines. Yeah, so because there's still one left at the end of that, three wounds total out of a lot of attack. Yeah, the, the rolling there, was just not going in your favor. No, it wasn't. The, the Trigon Prime shot at the the plane. Did a, did a fair amount of damage somehow. Yeah. A lot of that was also that uh, the smite you did like yes. nine. Yes, smite, that was eight smite damage on I it. Forgot forgot about that. I definitely did do that. Yeah, so. <laughs> That's, that's why I brought the plane. I'm like, I can position this anywhere to take smites, and it also has a good amount of firepower on it to kill things, yeah. or to take out the cannon fodder at least. And it, it worked out for what it needed to, and then the rest of my army was very turtly, and stand by Marnius Kalgar, shoot a lot of shots, and re-roll. Yeah, it was, uh, it was interesting. The, at the end of that, uh, was a third, no, four, at the end of, the, we got into the fourth round. Yeah. And uh, the, the mission would, would go to the fifth round, and it would end at the fifth round. And uh, we were, I was looking at the fourth round, and I was like, I had a Swarm Lord and a... The Trigon. The Trigon, yeah, because all my all my uh, Termagons were, were killed. All the Gene Steelers were killed. Broodlord was... Was slaughtered. Destroyed. Yeah. <laughs> he got out there, gave him the buff, and then he died with them all on the same turn. Yeah, got melee. Did, or did I even get into melee with I don't him? think you got into melee I think I, I think shot him off the field I think you just, I yeah, even charge I think him. you obliterated him yeah. before that. Uh, yeah, because then, then you, you were... Tr- working on moving around oh, yeah. terrain so you can get towards the swarm yeah, lord because i was going to charge your trigon yeah i failed that charge yeah that's yeah that's where that's where you're heading because i was going to try to tie you up in case you tried to move to any other points and you're like i don't think there's a way possible yeah because we, we were doing it and i was like looking i was like uh between smites depending on where things were positioned smites and shooting i would have gotten rid of the plane because it had like one wound left at the very end yep would have gotten rid of the plane uh, but there was no way i could get enough points to even tie it because my you guys you would have spread out and just sat yeah even even if you would even if you wouldn't have spread out and sat like i would have had two points my trigon was already like somewhere in half range i could have gotten d3 wounds back beginning of my movement phase end of my movement phase something in there and so he would have gone up he would have only had three wounds rather than six you would have probably i would assume you would have focus fired on him wiping him because he has no invuln save so if you focus fired on him you would have wiped him off the, the table at the end of round four and there would have been no way of getting enough points this is true um and as i was looking i was like uh, you know it is what it is it wasn't rolling good for me but it was fun <laughs> and that's all that matters oh is it your turn it's ozzy's turn to talk <laughs> but yeah that was a fun little fun little game i agree i like small thousand point matches Mm-hmm. They they're because it, it's hard to fit the big power list you want into it, but you can make a little power list out of it. But it has to be very focused. Oh right? yeah, it does. If I were to need to actually spread out all the way across the board, I couldn't have done it. You could have easily done it, right? But I wouldn't have been able to. Yeah, if, if it would have been um, kind of like the one game that Alex and I played, where you're rolling dice and it picks up the different points, and you got to move to this point or got to move to that point, mm-hmm. or if you did like. Uh, um, maelstrom cards and yeah. pulling stuff and you got to get to the point on the other side of the, the map and then you got to move a bunch of stuff 
Yeah, it, it can hinder a lot. Yeah. Especially when you spend 200 points on one unit. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, yeah. Same here. <laughs> 200 points, uh, 200 plus points on a Swarm Lord. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, I was looking at trying to put in the old one eye and I was like, that's, that's not going to happen. Just not feasible Four, today. 400 points in, uh, in HQs is not going to happen. Fuck that. Uh, at least in a thousand point army. <laughs> but how about you? Well, after our game, me and my buddy's uh, girlfriend, Maddie, went out to the Palace Theater in Canton and did a ghost hunt there. That was an interesting time. Yeah. Very interesting time. We get there and there was a movie going on in the theater and we're checking in and signing in on the second floor of the theater, which is uh, leads out to the balcony. And this isn't like a movie theater. It's like it's a palace theater, which when we got the lowdown on the history, palaces were like the theaters that were on the Kennedy circuit or something like that back in like the 1920s where like superstars on the show circuit would come around and perform at like Lucille Ball used to be on it. Um, a couple other famous people that he mentioned used to uh, actually go there. Shirley Temple, I know he said, and someone okay. else like uh, Bob Hope. Bob Hope also was down there, but he's a Cleveland guy anyway. So he's in the area. But uh, so we're on the second floor signing our waivers and whatnot, talking to the people. <laughs> and we have someone come out from the balcony like, can you guys shut up? We can still fucking hear you guys over the movie. And we're <laughs> like, oh, well, that's great. They're like double booked. It. <laughs> but the movie ends. Everybody leaves. And then uh, everybody who signed up for the ghost hunt goes to sit down and uh, listen to like the organ play for a little while like one of the guys who worked there went and played the organ then he told us the history of the building as we're sitting there we start noticing like all these other people are pretty fucking intoxicated <laughs> like there's a lot of like older women and whatnot but like there's this one group of like eight nine people and a couple of them are just fucking wasted like at one <laughs> point this dude just asks the guy who's playing the organ can i see in dark <laughs> <laughs> we're like what the fuck and like the guy's like i'm sorry what did you say it's like can i see in dark and i just turned to maddie i'm like i think that's a fucking personal question like you've got to ask himself that like can you can you hold your hands over your eyes and can you see <laughs> but uh guys like um I, I'm not sure what you mean, but yeah, we're going to be turning off the lights later. <laughs> and so we already knew this guy was going to be a handful early on. Thankfully, like when we got split into groups, we were not in his group, but we got split into groups and three groups went to three different parts of the building. And we're told a little bit about like the building, about the equipment that the Spectre ghost hunting team had there. And a uh, little thing about the Spectre ghost hunting team. They must have fucking like came up with the name Spectre. And then realized that it's already a name for something and that they had to make it an anagram. Because holy fuck, it was the weirdest fucking anagram ever. It was like spiritual communications expertise team of something, something, blah, blah, blah. The last E was expedition. <laughs> Me and Maddie were reading it. We're like, these motherfuckers picked the goddamn like Spectre name. And yeah. then we're just that's like running through like what words can we put in there? And then five minutes before they had to turn it in, they're like, what can we put as the last E? Expedition. Let's fucking go with expedition. <laughs> Not like experience or anything like that. Like this is going to be a ghost expedition. Fair enough. But, uh, yeah, so we got broken up into three groups. Thankfully, we weren't in that guy's group, but we were in a group with uh, two people who were apparently mediums. They called themselves self-proclaimed mediums. But we went to the basement area, and that was interesting because 
I don't know if like the Spectre people were trying to make noises or whatnot, but it definitely sounded like a lady like scraped her boot on the ground. Then she looked at me like, did you make that noise? And we're all sitting in chairs and I'm like, no, I thought it came from your boot. She's like, no, I thought it came from you. And then everybody else is like, I thought it came from over by you. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I don't know. That was a strange moment. And the little Madame Cleo type situation going on. And the the lead team investigator on Team Spectre was this weird little guy, really high-pitched voice and really into the gadgets he made. And he made these dousing rods that were made out of like a neon light so you could see him all the time because he got sick of like glow painting dowsing rods or whatnot <laughs> is what he was talking about. But I don't believe much in dowsing rods because like they're so easy to manipulate. But I tried a pair of his and they weren't as easy to manipulate as the ones that I used in the Mansfield Reformatory. And they definitely did cross and uncross at random times. Like if you would ask a question or sometimes not, if you would ask a question, they would just start moving. So I was like, well, he's got like battery packs in these and everything. So let me take some of these generic ass dowsing rods kind of had the same feeling about it, but I guess they worked what they worked and did. I don't know. Did they tell me that a ghost was in the room when I asked a ghost was in the room? Well, technically they crossed, but I don't know what the fuck that means because I don't know why they crossed. So I can't say that that was a ghostly experience or not. There's water in one of the pipes. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, we are in a basement and there's like all the fucking uh, CO2 for the fountain drinks and fountain drink containers. But yeah, it's one of those deals. Like, I don't know what fucking makes them work and I'm not going to be like, well that was a ghostly sign even though like the spirit mediums definitely believed it was yeah the one lady said her husband tom was with her okay so i don't know if you were there tom or maybe i was i'm in your yeah. past life i could have been I've, I've had some weird dreams recently maybe i'm just kind of astral plane walking and you might showing have been. up were, were you in the basement of this weird palace theater i don't know i don't know uh but yeah so we go to leave that room after that well, before we go to leave, like the they're still talking about the dowsing rods and the the medium lady's still playing with them, but then we just start hearing this ruckus coming down the fucking stairway <laughs> into this basement. <laughs> and then drunk guy pops through right behind one of the uh, other like tour people and she's just shaking her fucking head and he's like, well, I can't see, where do I go? And me and Maddie are just like, Oh my god, this drunk fuck got even drunker in the last twenty minutes. I don't know how. <laughs> They can't. They gotta cut them off from alcohol. But uh, they enter the room. We leave, and we we tour a couple other places in the uh, where we're allowed to be let loose. But the last station we go to has a spirit box at it. They tell us about the spirit box, which is a box that has two radio transistors in it, and each of them uh, jumps frequencies of like FM AM about five times a second. So you can't actually hear anything but static on it. But apparently in supernatural cases you can hear words come through it and different voices and so they explain that but they also had this other device and it's made out of a xbox connect uh camera and it's hooked up to a program to be able to read where motion is occurring Mm -hmm. and then xbox connect maps that to a human figure uh, just like a stick figure, skeletal things with yeah. Like, the the, so and, if you if you ever had a, if you've never had an Xbox Connect, you can pull it up in the settings, and it'll it'll map out your, like your body, and it does that. It, it picks like a, a stick point, and it, it'll create like a, a stick figure. So it put like a little dot on your head, and it'll put dots on like where your it, it pretty sure your elbows are and where your legs and joints are. So that exactly. way, when you're moving, it can tell the game that you're moving. 
and and does that and then like there were different settings in the in the one when you had it connected to an xbox there were different settings where you could pull up like thermal imaging and stuff like that as well just to get like kind of an idea because it was supposed to have all these other features that was supposed to be used in games but it never really picked up but then people started hacking it and figured out that they could do other stuff and and kind of like what you're talking as well as other like uh, infrared viewing and yeah. stuff yeah so they had that hooked up and apparently in this area there's always this little kid billy that hangs out with them and they notice this because of the connect and i don't know how i feel about this thing either because i'm i'm a techie and i'm already skeptical to begin with even though i believe i believe that it could be possible and that most of the shit that people think happens is something that can be easily debunked and so they're like oh yeah and so explain this camera explain the situation like all right, now you guys want to see if Billy will pop up? And immediately this fucking thing, it, it happens. Like, it pulls half the crowd around to the other side of the table that she's at. And so the camera's facing out towards the chairs in this balcony hallway. So as soon as everybody leaves and gets over there and only two people are on camera, um, she moves, the lady who's working the camera moves the camera slightly half off the second person. And the thing to note is the Connect only ever notices two people. Mm -hmm. So it can only ever do two people mapping. Right. So taking it off half of a person eliminates that it's mapping that person. But the second person who was sitting there and was in full frame the entire time is mapped out. Now there's an empty chair to the other side of the person who's fully mapped out. And all of a sudden, a little tiny figure appears in there, like a, a child size thing. Yeah. Only ever appears on the chair. And... I can't say that that's a fucking ghost. Like, they're like, that's Billy right there. And I'm like, I, what? Like, and every time, like, someone else comes on the screen, it remaps the other person, mm -hmm. and then they go off screen, it remaps to this guy in a chair. And all I'm thinking is, like, it has to be something to do with the chair. Probably, yeah. And, like, I want to swap out chairs and whatnot, and they're like, oh, yeah, that'll work. So we swapped out a chair, and, yeah, that still worked, but... I'm wondering if there's no chairs in the fucking equation. I don't think that thing would ever pop up. Probably doesn't. And it's... they're like, oh, it likes females better than males, blah, blah, blah. Uh, out, out of curiosity, uh, can you describe the chairs for me? Are we talking like uh, metal a chairs? back with like arms, no, like whole, like... They're like the basic metal stacking chairs okay. with the four legs that are metal. And then the back is a metal rounded uh, yeah. arch. Okay. And then it just has a cushion in between all the metal sections. Okay. So... Because, I mean, kind of like with that... I, I could see how a connect might pick up depending on how it's framed. I could, I could see how the connect would pick the, the different pieces of the frame as body parts. No, cause like, you know, from the seat going down the legs, you could, you could assume that those are knees or something Yeah, from a connect standpoint. And to be fair, the figure was always sitting in the chair. Yeah. So it, it never had its legs on where the legs of the chairs were. They were kind of dangling over it and then erratically going everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what uh, connect no actual that. body they're mapping. To. Right. Yeah. No, it, well, fuck. Even when the connect was mapped to a body, I could watch shit go fucking crazy. And then oh, the other, the second lady stood up and went behind the chair to see if like she could feel a cold spot or anything. And then the, the the figure in the chair tried to remap to her. And then, mm -hmm. like, there was almost two for a second. And then the lady working the camera was like, you made Billy stand up. Oh, my God. I've never seen Billy stand up before. And so I'm not too sure on the legitimacy yeah. of the Spectre team themselves. <laughs> yeah, he got that. I think had they have run that connect thing in, like, thermal imaging, 
where you would have gotten like the cold spot or mm-hmm. whatever on the on the thing, I feel like that would have been a better option. Yeah, for proof for proving quotes around proving, but proving <laughs> that there it, was evidence. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, I, otherwise, I, I think you're kind of right that it's uh, with those types of experiences and expeditions. I always feel like they're very staged. You know, yeah. the the Miss Cleo thing comes to mind. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it just seems like you got that lady who's uh, who's got the table and she's got all the pedals underneath the table that she's hidden to to make everything move and shake. Yeah. <laughs> but after that, we finally got to be let free and do our own thing and just walk around wherever. Which after that is when the party of like the eight drunk people left. So it was oh, great. there you go. <laughs> and uh so that's the part i like the most just exploring fucking buildings that i have no clue about and as most other ghost tours i've been on it was any door that's unlocked yeah that's going doors as long as they're unlocked you're fine mm-hmm. so i kind of usually push that a little bit to its <laughs> limit <laughs> of, well that door is technically unlocked i think yeah because uh we walked through a tunnel underneath the stage that goes to the green room at one point and i noticed a door and it has a slidey locks on it. It was like a half size door. So you had to like bend down to go into it. And I'm like, well, that wasn't locked. It wasn't <laughs> technically a real door. Like I think <laughs> that they were thinking about when they said that statement. But yeah, I'm, we're going to back to the tunnel. So immediately me and Maddie went back to the tunnel and then she sees what I'm doing. She's like, oh my God. And I'm like, I'm sorry. This is who I am. I need to know what's on the other side of this door. We're underneath the stage. It could be something really sweet. And so I open it up, but it doesn't open at first because it's an old ass door. So I have to like really pull on it a few times and then it pops open. She's like, oh my God, you're really doing it. And it's a dark room on the inside, but then there's a tunnel that goes to the left and i'm like oh i gotta go down this tunnel <laughs> i turn to maddie and i'm like you hear me scream run because that means something actually happened and i want you to get killed too <laughs> and so i go in and i go down this dark little tunnel it probably goes for about 100 feet or so and there's this metal wall on my left side and then all of a sudden there's a door with a dark window on it and that's when i was in my head like there's any time I'm going to get killed at anything I'm doing tonight. This is going to be that time that some monster just shoves its hand through that fucking door and like grabs my throat or something. But it didn't, unfortunately. No, no, no. It would have been very interesting didn't, had I had to wrestle a demon down there. I was going to say, you didn't come across like a Phantom of the Opera style guy? No, nothing at all. <laughs> but then there was another door and I saw a light coming through that one's window and I was like, oh. Now, there's going to be the point where I, like, peek in and see something really fucking creepy. Or, like, this is some... where you find the murder or the drug <laughs> yeah, deal going down? Exactly. Like, either a secret society meeting or, like, some dead body is going to be in this next room. I poke my head in and it's a fucking boiler. <laughs> Unfortunately. But it was a cool little situation. Got my uh, adrenaline up a little bit more because I was like, oh, I actually found something behind this door that I probably shouldn't have opened. <laughs> so I took a few pictures down there and left. But then just kind of walked around the place. Uh, it was a really cool little venue because it, it's an old theater built in 1926. Whatever brand of organ they have there, the Keurig organ, it, it sounds kind of like Keurig, but it's not a coffee maker. <laughs> and uh, he, just, he just put the, uh, the music sheet in, you press down and it plays. Exactly. <laughs> but... <laughs> It's the only uh, original organ of its brand in its original theater in the world. So that was kind of cool. The ceiling of this theater room is like the Playhouse Square ceiling. Like it, it's an effigy of the sky or like it reenacts the sky, mm-hmm. but they actually have clouds that move. 
And like, so the clouds will just move around. I'm sure they're on like a huge wheel or something like that. Probably, but yeah. you, it's so wide of a wheel, you can't even see the arc. So it's a really cool looking aesthetic. So hung out in there for a little bit. And then we went back up to the balcony to check out this connect thing a little bit more. The same thing's going on. Like it hasn't changed after the course of like an hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> People are still looking at it. But uh, me and Maddie go up to go check out the balcony where the original seats from 1926 are. The rest of the seats were uh, revamped to give more legroom and whatnot. So theoretically could be a more active spot of where like people are still at from the 1920s who love their specific theater seat or whatever mm-hmm. from the high class seats. So we go up into the balcony and then all of a sudden the lady who's working the camera is like, oh, you guys want to use the spirit box up there? So Manny goes and grabs the spirit box. Then, like, the entire time, like, they were showing us the spirit box. And while we were up there at that station, like, it was just plain static. Like, like she said, it's going to be plain static. We're walking up the stairs to come out the balcony. And then all of a sudden, there was actually a fucking female's voice on it that said hello. And he got, like, freaked out a little. Well, like, not freaked out, but like, holy shit, did that just happen? Yeah. And I was like, Dude, you, you just fucking heard that, too. And so that was, like, the only thing based upon me not understanding the technology that could be supernatural because that didn't we couldn't recreate it. We walked around the same position like multiple times. We walked around all the upstairs area, uh, asked it questions, didn't ask it questions, tried to find hot spots, couldn't find hot spots and couldn't replicate the situation after it occurred. So that was fairly interesting. But that was the only quote-unquote supernatural experience that occurred that night yeah other than that it was just good fun hanging out laughing at people and uh exploring dusty old tunnels but yeah i uh didn't get back from that to late night but we also went to best gyro to get late night food too (laughs) because after like staying there for four hours it was like i need some fucking food fair enough saturday woke up and it was really rainy so i wanted to go camping but didn't go camping, so I, I finished up reading Endurance, which that book is fucking amazing. I originally only thought a few of the people who were on Shackleton's crew survived, but he fucking saved all 28 of those motherfuckers after floating on ice for like a year and a half. Hmm. Not the entire time of a year and a half on ice. Like, sometimes they were in boats, sometimes they weren't in boats, and most of the time they were on ice. But, yeah, that that was a pretty ridiculous book. Now I moved on to the Celestine Prophecy, so we'll see how that is. But yesterday, I randomly on a whim decided it's not raining. It's a nice day. I'm fucking driving to Mohican with Opie and doing the me and Opie trip because there won't be many more weekends with proper weather to be able to take him out going backpacking. But that was a good time. Just went out to Camp 3 in Mohican. No one else was there except for a couple of horse riders. And (laughs) we were going down onto the trail and Opie saw a few horses and he was like, what the fuck? Like, I know he's seen horses before, but every time he sees horses, it's just startling to him because they're these huge beasts and he's this tiny little thing, <laughs> kind of like him and the cats. <laughs> but uh, went there, hung out, chopped up a bunch of firewood, uh, get ready for the night. I went around the woods and just found random parkour spots to just go and try to practice parkour. I found a couple of trees that were downed uh, near the stream that I was able to vault over. Like, it was about probably about three feet off the ground so i was able to jump over it a few times do a couple of rolls on the ground but then i went to start working on my balancing and i found a down tree that was across the entire stream and i was like oh this is cool because it starts on the lower bank on my end and then it kind of curves upwards naturally how the tree curves but yeah. then it also is like 15 feet up on the other bank so i'm like this will be a little bit of a challenge wait wait, wait. can i can i take a guess of what's about to happen here? oh you can okay uh 
due to your love of dropping phones into water, I'm going to assume at some point in this story, your phone ends up in the water, whether it's in your pocket and in the water or comes out of your pocket and it's in the water. So I thought of that one <laughs> and I put it on the bank just in case. Ooh. <laughs> Not All the right. first time to be, to be honest. Not the first time. Right. right. I, after practicing it once, I was like, Oh wait, this is probably not the best idea to be like, 10 feet over the water even yeah. though it's like not even a foot deep of water my ass will fall in and it'll just like be broken there trying to hit my life alert and then my phone will be in the water oh, if only i had a life alert <laughs> we can get you one you can carry it around your neck i pretty much have a really expensive one <laughs> yeah you do i just didn't take it with me so i go and i set up the camera now because i feel a little more comfortable on this after like going across once and I go and I, I go and run across it. Well, I don't really run across it going across uphill, but... Damn, I was really hoping you were going to tell me you had your arms behind your back and you're running Naruto style. Oh, it was <laughs> great. No, they were up to the side because, like, to balance the best, you got to, like, right. run like a little monkey. Yeah, yeah. Knees bent, try to keep your chest over your uh, hips, but reviewing the video, I definitely didn't do that because I was leaning forward, hoping that if I fell, I would fall into the bank that I was jumping to or uh, <laughs> balancing to. But I made it across fine got off jumped back on the log and i hadn't done that before like getting off and jumping back on i just like turned around and i noticed that like it was a little bit steeper for me to stand on the slope than i thought it would have been mm -hmm. like just stand up from a prone position and so i started just lowering myself down like the steeper part uh back towards the bank i came from and then all the bark starts slipping off. <laughs> and so I straddle it. And then I get to a point where the bark isn't slipping off anymore. And I get on. And I'm like, okay, it's not really wobbly here. Because like about three quarters of the way across, it got pretty wobbly once the tree was starting to get thinner. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm going to not sprint back, but I'm going to pick up this pace. <laughs> and I start jogging, balancing back. I get almost all the way back. I put my right foot down. It slips off to the left of me. And then the top of my body just starts going to the right. And I start going horizontal. And I'm like, this ain't good. And then all of a sudden, I'm just like, all right, I'm about to hug this tree. And I just did everything I could to make my body hug around the tree because I was horizontal and stop myself. Scraped up my knee. That was about it. But uh, yeah, that was a good wipe out there. Nice. Caught it all on camera, too. That's the important part. But yeah, then after that, waited till sun went down, ate some dinner, and just sat around listening to as scary a podcast as I could find. Like, I, I downloaded a shit ton of them just to listen to ones about camping, horror stories from the forest, true horror stories while camping, all those type of fucking things. And uh, tried to, I guess, psych myself out, even though I don't get psyched out, like, just alert myself because i'm in the middle of the forest with only my dog so of course i'm responsible for anything that occurs and mm -hmm. i think that's what psychs me out more than anything not like that's something that could happen that i'm responsible for whatever does happen right and uh had a good enjoyable night and a good enjoyable fire also took some of my magical implements did a little bit of a ritual so it was a nice relaxing and uh rejuvenating little not even weekend i guess sunday night <laughs> into monday <laughs> Woke up at six o'clock this morning, hiked out in the darkness and drove back up to come back to work. All right. Might start doing that more often because it was much more feasible than I expected. Hmm. But yeah, so it's been a, it's been a pretty good weekend. Fairly enjoyable. And may have also done something else. 
<laughs> I might not get a Japanese bolt action army. I might get a British one. <laughs> so you went from we've gone from Japanese to Australian to British. I never fully moved to Australia. Well, no, can, no, no, but that was, it was a it was a it was a thought. Uh-huh. It wasn't I mean, once you go to the Australians, they kind of fall in line with the Great British Empire anyway. I mean, to be fair, isn't that where, you know, is that where, I know that, that Australia was, I don't know if colonized is the right word, but didn't they ship a lot of uh, Their prisoners. prisoners there? Yeah, if it wasn't there, it was like Georgia. Yeah, and then it, they, it became a colony. Yeah. <clears throat> but so, yeah, it's a, you know, it's part of British. Yeah, I, the, the price is right on this one. It's like. A bunch of models. It's like a fifteen hundred point army for two hundred fifty dollars, fully painted with an army case. Okay. So the army case is what really sold it on me. I was going to try to talk him down. Then he's like, "Oh," because I was like, "So is it two fifty plus shipping?" And he's like, "Well, it's two fifty plus shipping plus the army case that they're going to be in." With and then he sent me a picture of the army case. And I was like, "Well, that's already like more than fifty dollar army case right there." So two fifty it is. I was going to try to talk him down to two hundred. Yeah. It's on Facebook Marketplace that I've never bought through Facebook. And there was an error using my PayPal trying to pay him. And it was trying to pay him a $200. Like there was an A in front of the dollar sign. And it told me that the currency was invalid, so I couldn't pay him. So there's currently a ticket open with Facebook. If that goes through, I guess I'll have a British army fully painted and pretty much everything that I need for the army. The only thing I'd ever probably get for it is maybe a couple of random artillery pieces because that's what the British are known for. But uh, it it comes with uh, like a tank. It comes with multiple armored cars. It comes with 30 plus infantry, like regular infantry men, then machine gunners, uh, two mortars, a couple other things in it too. I think anti-tank gun, spotters, medic, like it, it encompasses everything. And I, I added up the total and the total to buy it from Warlord Games uh, in like even the starter packs and everything would be equaling out to be like $200. So $200 plus a case plus fully painted is that extra $50 right there in yeah. my opinion. So we'll see how that goes, and uh, maybe me and Alex will have some British and Soviets fighting, because <laughs> I know he just bought some Soviets. Yeah, I think you said that last week. Yeah, that's uh, kind of what prompted me. <laughs> like, damn it, he already started his second army. <laughs> I'll finish mine first, but I'll never even start it before I finish it. So <laughs> I, I don't even get that one. But shall we move over to our Pokemon-filled news corner sure. and talk about the Digimon? Yeah, let's do that. Digimon, digital monsters, Digimon for the news corner. So th- there's a new set of di- uh, Pokemon cards. Did you set of Digimon cards? <laughs> 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 I was hoping that would prompt it. Uh, I don't want a highlight reel. You're getting a highlight reel. <laughs> I already opened this page and now it started playing. No, because it doesn't like you. An hour later. <laughs> so there's a new set of Pokemon cards that are coming out uh, on Friday, actually. The, the Cosmic Eclipse set, and they've already banned one of the cards in that set. Because that shit ain't useful, or is too useful. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm not quite sure how it works. It, it you, It's some sort of a combination of putting this uh, Challenge Amulet on a Jirachi EX, uh, which automatically knocks it out, and then you're able to get like a bunch of prize cards, and with a bunch of other car, uh, cards, you're able to like pretty much stop someone from doing anything. You're it's a complete to... stall. Yeah. So before it's even out officially, they've said, hey, you can't use that in any tournaments. We made it. You can't use it. Our playtest showed it was broken. <laughs> Have fun with it. Yeah. Playtest showed it was broken. We're going to continue to print them. <laughs> so 
I, I sent it to Alex because Alex is going to be putting together a, uh, a Pokemon draft. And I was like, I don't know that this is really going to affect our Pokemon draft because I don't think you're going to get enough of the cards to create said stall. Except for if one of you is looking for those specific cards. Right, yeah. I mean, if, you, if you're like, oh, I know. I, I've seen this thing. I'm going to try and do this exact thing. Which, I mean, if, they, if that's what they want to do, I guess go for it. But I sent it to Alex. I was like, I'll let you decide what you want to do with this. I don't know that it's going to necessarily uh, fully come into play on our uh, draft. But you're in charge, so let you make that ruling. It's a good ruling for him to make. I think so. I think he so. He is the official Pokemon ref. He is. He is definitely the official Pokemon ref. Uh, but the official Pokemon ref does not have the official most expensive Pokemon card ever sold. I would hope not. <laughs> if he does, he should probably sell it and buy more things for that baby. Or he holds on to it and sells it later when it's worth even more. I don't know if I could ever do that with a card. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be so afraid to be like a Bitcoin and drop, <laughs> drop out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> so it goes from this this card sold for a hundred and ninety five thousand dollars all the way down to ten. <laughs> that'd be, that'd, so that'd, sad. That would suck so bad. But yeah, so this uh this this card, which is a promo card given to winners of a comic book contest uh back in ninety seven to ninety eight, and it's called Pikachu Illustrator. There's only thirty nine of those cards were awarded, and it's believed that only ten are left today. And uh, yeah, so it sold for an absurd amount of money. Because you know everybody went home from that event and was like, fuck this card, throwing <laughs> it out. Right. And then someone was like, ah, I still have it and they don't make them anymore. I gave away my YouTube promo card and the kid thought it was worth a lot of money, so I let him. <laughs> <laughs> the Mewtwo or Mew? Was or it Mew, the, yeah, Mew. The ancient yeah, like the tablet ancient looking Mew. one? Yeah, the one that's worth probably like 10 cents. Yeah, it was given out at movies all across the fucking world. But yeah, I mean, that's, a, that's about all I have in the, in the news corner. Other than, I mean, like, I can tell you that uh, Jared Padalecki from uh, Supernatural got arrested for assault and public intoxication in uh, Austin, Texas. Why did he do that? I uh, The only thing I can figure at this point is he got a little drunk and someone brought up the fact that he's putting together the, the new Walker, Texas Ranger reboot. He's going to be playing the Walker, Texas Ranger. And uh, maybe he decided to show off his moves. And he hit the bartender and manager or something like that. Oh, man. And then he got arrested. So, uh, yeah. I don't know. That That, that is interesting. <laughs> we will see what happens, Mr. Walker, Texas Ranger. Yes. Yeah, the only other news I have is it's about to be November at the end of this week. And that means Worlds Collide. Yeah. Worlds Collide for uh, Keyforge is coming out. The next set with two new houses. That's cool. So we will see what that is. Played a lot of Keyforge with Brian last week. And oh. Oh, go ahead. Oh? I just realized something I forgot to talk about. Oh. But finish your thought. Oh, will do. But uh, yeah, played a lot of Keyforge with Brian last week, and I only won one of the games, but we were talking to him like, uh, I actually don't play any like my strongest decks a lot. I, I just kind of pick and choose what deck I'm going to use, whereas he usually only plays his stronger decks. Yeah. So yeah. I'm like, I, I don't feel so bad about that. But Keyforge anyway, it's always a fun game to, even if you are losing, you can fuck over the person who's winning a bunch of times and just watch the frustration come out. Yeah. Yes, you can. It's definitely a thing you can do. But what were you saying? Oh, well, you brought up Brian, and I realized I didn't talk about the Tuesday game night. Oh, yes. So uh, we continued our story of the uh, the Motley crew, if you will. The Cthulhu Jones crew. Yes, the Cthulhu Jones crew. Last week, we left off. We were stuck. We, we, we got off the planet. 
we were made our, our hyperdrive jump, but we got shot and we ended up just in the middle Somewhere. of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, and so we were floating on this sh- ship in the middle of nowhere, and we're I'm I'm stuck as a, a gunslinger who has some bounties out for him, for him in various places. I am stuck on a ship full of bounty hunters, who none of them have figured out that I, I may have bounties out someplace. They just wanted the help. I gave them help. I got on the ship. Uh, now I just want to get off the ship. <laughs> just gotta get the fuck out. Uh, so Greg's character um death watch by the way i officially i figured i did write it down um and it is a member he's a member of the death watch uh the elite member of the space marine killing crew yeah yeah his his character's name is sue lane um another sue yes so uh sue and mm, i can't remember the it's it's the twi'leks character the bandolier of grenades oh that bitch <laughs> she they they go and fix the hyperdrive and and or the backup hyperdrive and stuff and so they get the ship moving and we we kind of limp our way to this i forget what, what planet but it's uh got a bunch of pirates and whatnot on there and and we go to land and apparently they they think that we're just we're a bunch of uh republic uh troops coming and landing when really we're just trying to get off this planet and like well you jump the blockade well, this is later on. They go, you jumped the blockade, and we're like, well, yeah, we did, but we're not Republican. We're not Republic troops. We're just like, and the, the you know, but before that, the one of the guys on the ship hears the call and and realizes that what's what's going to happen when we land. Back to his character, Navi uh, helps him get. She creates a distraction. He's able to escape, but we all end up getting shot on. Like they just open fire on us just absolutely they like the 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 uh cargo bay door drops down and everyone's getting ready to exit and they just open fire on the ship they're like fuck you bex's character blows up this uh this this um gas like portable gas tank Mm -hmm. and it makes big explosions so the the guy books it through and uh it also kind of scatters some of uh kills some of the uh pirates but then scatter some of the others and so we end up making our way off from a big shootout going back and forth uh before i can get off the ship greg uses his jetpack and blows through a bunch of the uh the bounty hunters and like takes off and gets onto this other ship and he's trying to break into this other ship bex is in the front she's shooting at people she gets around to some cover so she doesn't get obliterated then eventually i get off the the ship and we're trading shots we're moving things back and forth and it just doesn't go super well for us (laughs) I mean, we as we, usual, as usual, we, we were I was trying to make my way over to where Greg was. But at the same time, I'm trying to, like, not get not just run past everything and then get obliterated. So I'm trying to, like, kill some stuff and we do a pretty good job. Put a good hurt on some some things. We got one guy get, got scared and ran away. Bex goes down. We got Bex back up. And then Greg decides he's going to jump down from the top because he was on the top of the ship. Mm hmm. Uh, and we clear out some of the stuff below him. And then the the um, pirate captain went over there and was like directly below him. So he decides he's going to jump down from the top of the ship down to the bottom and is going to get close combat and just shoot shoot point blank uh, into the, the pirate captain. Uh, and he succeeds and he does some damage, but she has a shit ton of soak and we haven't done a whole lot of damage to her at this point. Uh, and so she still continues to stand there. Hi, I'm still here. <laughs> to which point, Greg uh, Greg's character ends up being put on the ground and uh, has an axe to his throat, uh, a vibro axe to his throat, and and she basically 
tells us all to stop firing and or we're, if she's going to kill him and you know whatnot so we we create a ceasefire and we stop and and then you know they're going back and forth about stuff and, and then she pulls out a data pad and, she says, and, and that's when we get had the whole conversation of like we're not republican troops obviously there's a bunch of bounty hunters that just left and you just killed i don't know what to tell you and she's like well count dooku was expecting us to have uh republic troops to hand over and he's like well you don't i don't know what to tell you and so then she uh she hands over like the stata pad and tells them tells one of her underlings to to you know see if any of us were worth anything and of course obviously have some bounties out Mm -hmm. you know uh undisclosed bounties and then so brian asked me what i'm what am i going to do at this point so right now you got greg is at blade point and we're also we're all pretty well beat up and if I were to start another firefight, I feel like it would go horribly wrong. Things would be bad. Uh, so my my opinion here is I'm just going to play it cool. My mm-hmm. character uh, is set on not being smart, but at least being aware of the situation and making the best calls for his own survival. Yeah. Is the way I've been playing, playing it. I mean, if that means he's got to like know something, chances are he's not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but if a situation calls for not shooting smart enough not to shoot makes sense so yeah i'm looking around and he's like so what are you gonna do i'm like uh so i guess i don't really see an option of making out of making it out of this particular moment like whether i run i'm gonna get shot at if i shoot i'm gonna get murdered i'm just gonna play it cool that's just gonna play it cool i i don't show anything Mm -hmm. he's like okay it's like some time passes and he goes they come back and they they found you on the on the data pad and uh and they're gonna. She says she's gonna turn you in, and you know says that you know you're. We'll at least get something out of this if we turn you in. And I, I'm so that I'm going to have this back and forth with the with this pirate captain of the fact that I'm better off to I'm better to her alive than I am t- than I will be to her dead or or turned over to the separatists. You know the money you you might get from them isn't or for turning me in for my bounty is gonna be a lot less than what I might be able to get you if we work together. And, uh, and then there's some comments made about my shooting because it was like average to subpar. It wasn't the best. Obviously, I didn't, you know, murder everything. Uh-huh. But uh, so she hands me her rifle to shoot the the one thug that had run away to finish him off. So I'm like, OK, I make the shot and I had like one advantage. And he goes, what do you want to do with the advantage? I'm like, I know what I want to do with the advantage. I, uh, I had my I'm like I had pulled my pistol out. I had it at her um, at her abdomen. And I put it away, so she knows I could have shot at her too. Mm-hmm. And that was that was my last. That was the last thing we did. That's where we ended it. So feel you like, are asserting your aiming dominance. Yes, I'm asserting the fact that I have quick hands and then uh, quick hands Cthulhu. Yeah, I don't know. I was gonna say quick wit, but I guess it, I don't <laughs> not know. at all. Uh, <laughs> I guess wit does not necessarily have to be uh, attached to intelligence. <laughs> But yeah, I was like showing that off and then put it back and at least maybe get a little bit of respect in the fact that, you know, I, it, I'm capable of doing a little bit more than much you might think. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know how else I would. There's been a couple times so far in this campaign where I'm like, I'm just at a loss. I'm like, not quite sure what I, what I want to do. Uh, earlier on, it was um, I was trying to convince droids <laughs> to put down their guns and surrender to us when uh, when all the the clones were when I was the only clone up and all my other clone friends were knocked out because they're not programmed anyway for any reason <laughs> right I was like I I don't know what to, to do here I guess I'm gonna say say and I'm like uh, I'll say this <laughs> I failed my role which I wasn't surprised <laughs> it was kind of the way that was gonna go and then there was obviously this moment but this moment seemed a little bit more clear as like this is what I'm gonna do with this character yeah. 
Uh, and it makes sense. <laughs> it makes sense that you would have talked to droids and asked them to put their guns down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and talk- that you did what you did. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, uh, my, my two companions are down. I, I'm standing here. I, uh, there's, there's guys on the other side. You, you should just hang. There's plenty more of us. You don't want to shoot at us. Just put down your guns, and you might survive this. It didn't work. <laughs> but yeah, the, uh, it's been fun. I'm enjoying this campaign. I, they're definitely like I said. There are points where I hit. I'm like, I don't know what I should say here. Oh man, what do I do? Uh-oh. Uh oh, block. Yeah, but it doesn't happen all the time. I'm kind of have an idea of what I want to do with the characters, and so they're playing out their own ways. Yeah, as sessions go on, it becomes more of a reflex. Yeah, as you learn your character that you created. Mm-hmm. That's true. But that was that was one that was what I forgot. That's what you reminded me of. And then next time, we shall see what happens to you. We shall. Uh, but in the meantime. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Be safe out there. Yes. Don't eat any candies that are unwrapped or have blades in them. Yes. Uh, don't don't eat any of the needles. Nope. Nope. Give the heroin needles to your parents. <laughs> uh, and if anybody offers you a, a, a green candy apple, politely decline. Green candy apple? I just think of the poison apple from... Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, I like the green candy suckers. <laughs> no, it's like, you know, an apple and it's, it's covered in like green candy. and Yeah, yeah, I'd probably be a little skeptical if some witch... No, nah, maybe not. If the witch came up to me and handed me a green apple, I'd probably eat it. Never mind. <laughs> I had to seriously think about that for a second. And I'm like, what the fuck am I talking about? I, of course, eat that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, enjoy your Halloween. Be safe out there and have some spooktacular fun. Yeah, I, I couldn't come up with a better one. Okay, right one. I mean, yeah. <laughs> go for it. Uh, I was I was trying to think of something tricks, but I don't know. Or treats. Yeah, I mean, you play tricks on the tricks. Mm. But, but those are not for rabbits. No, not for them. But those tricks are good. The sugary goodness, <laughs> and badness. <laughs> now I want cereal. <laughs> well, until uh, next time, uh, we will see you then. Talk to you then. Do whatever we do with you then. And hopefully not bad things. But until that time, you can go ahead and find us on iTunes where you can rate us, give us a five-star review, get this out to more people. You can also send uh, any of your Halloween hijinks over to geekswithissues at gmail.com. That's G33KSwithissues at gmail.com. You can go find us on Facebook right on our wall. We'll write on yours. Or you can go ahead and find us on YouTube and watch all our goody videos that we got that. Uh, all our good videos we got out there for you. I was thinking goodies like candy. <laughs> Sammy's hungry. We got to go. <laughs> Until next time. Goodbye. Bye.